0: what's up whisper nation johnny game time hicks here big travis and we are with stepmom lauren today on the fantasy whispers we are talking the nfc east or as some refer to them the uh, the least i don't know we'll talk about it in today's show right here on the fantasy whispers yes we're back
1: again
2: we're back again
1: we're back. Hey, let's pump up the volume
2: right here <laughs>
0: What's up, Whisper Nation? You're listening to The Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Johnny GameTime Hicks and Big Travi. And I'm Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whisperers. And you should definitely, definitely visit the website, TheFantasyWhisperers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, rankings, and most importantly, our fully loaded draft kit for the 2019 season. And you can check out our Patreon account where you should subscribe. So head on over and check it out.
2: That's right, Chelsea. Thank you so much. We have launched our draft kit. It's on the website, com. But that's only the second most exciting news about today's episode. The number one most exciting thing about today's episode we've got stepmom
0: Lauren back
2: at Whisper, <laughs> Whisper Headquarters. <laughs> at that.
0: I saw you got a new uh, logo there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, character. Well, it's for the Scott Fishbowl, so there is a guy who actually creates these avatars based on your division, which, funny enough, um, Scott Fish let me name my division. Oh. So, yeah, so I named her, I named it Tifa after Final Fantasy VII, which is my favorite Final Fantasy game ever, and uh, Tifa was my favorite because she always beat the crap out of people with, like, bare knuckles. It was awesome. (laughs) Or brass knuckles, whatever was your weapon of choice. <laughs> so when you originally get invited and you say like what your favorite character is, and he puts you in divisions based on that character. No one said Tifa, of course, because who the hell knows who that is. So they had yeah, a couple absolutely. people that didn't respond with one, so we put them all into one category and <laughs> let me name it Tifa. So there's one guy that will actually create a whole avatar for you. You donate $5 to Fantasy Cares, take a screenshot, send it out to him. And then uh, he creates it for you, and then you put it up there. Lots of people have it. That's but awesome. funny enough, the guy who does it is actually the dude. I just was on a podcast with Peter Howard from Dynasty Crossroads. And um, it's his partner who oh. I filled in for is the one that creates the avatar. That's I did. Not-
0: All right. So uh, uh, we got a great show today, Travis and, and Stepmom Lauren. This is going to be fun. We'll, we'll have some good banter here uh, talking the major storylines. Right, Travis? Yeah, so these
2: episodes, as we've told you before, Whisper Nation, are a little bit meatier, right? Because what we want to do here is, is peg each team down to their number one fantasy football storyline going into training camp, which are launched you know, last week and will continue to ramp up for all teams uh, heading into the end of July here. And there are some important things that we're going to hit on in each division, and there's probably more. But we wanted to give you guys our own like number one take on these things. Let's jump into the East, guys. Uh, guy and gal and uh, let's talk the New York Jets here guys we don't have to spend too much time here my big concern for this offense on the whole is can Gase run enough plays to make anyone worth it in this offense because he's he's consistently ran the lowest plays in the league or or close to it uh, in the last few years that he's been a head coach and I just don't see a lot here to be excited about. Uh, Second-year quarterback, uh, offensive line rank, uh, you know, projects to be one of the worst in the league next year. Um, I know Le'Veon Bell's there. I know that stepmom Lauren hates him. Um, <laughs> <and> I <laughs> I know that it's going to be tough for you to trust uh, Le'Veon Bell this year. And I'm listen. I you've shown me the light a little bit on this stepmom, Lauren, because I was for sure in the camp of drafting Le'Veon Bell in the first round when we got news of this move. Um, I can't really back that anymore, just because of you know the lack of plays that Gase likes to run here.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a combination of that which i didn't look at before so that is a very interesting fact you bring up Travis. i appreciate that i like learning new things that's why i like jeopardy so much it's like my favorite show ever i like learning new things
0: jeopardy is is really like that's a show
1: it's legit it's it's, it's, legit. So,
0: it's it seems when you're younger you're like oh, i don't i don't ever want to watch uh I don't want to watch jeopardy but like I as you get a little bit older you're like wow this show is really really cool and it's also a confidence boost it's it's a very confidence boost when you can get the answers before the people on the show i always feel like it's it gets
1: bad at our house it gets really bad at our house because my neighbor is really good at jeopardy so we literally have a jeopardy off whenever we're all hanging out together we keep score um you have to say it before Alex Trebek even gets done re- oh we should it, yeah. but we curse a lot and it's it's not pretty we may try to beat each other up as well but we literally <laughs> like I think the best I've gotten is like maybe like 18 correct but you have to say it before the other person said it. it's insane it gets nuts anyway correct. that was a total digress I apologize but I
0: won't tell you the most i is- Correct probably an 18 oh. lifetime yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no
1: no don't be silly the, although the one i got you get into the, rhythm of of it. the
0: questions on that uh, football one that they that was circling around on twitter yeah
1: i was yeah, like yeah I yeah, killed yeah. This did section. you run the category yeah i know i, I love that because i love mythology so i get the mythology ones the women authors all those i don't get anything with history i'm terrible at that but usually i'm pretty good it's science all that i'm decent why did this turn into me talking about freaking jeopardy okay sorry guys had uh, to bring it up who are we because talking about just, yes adam just Gace.
2: let you do what you want here yeah. okay so, thanks you why, you know. yeah i mean that's why
1: i like you guys you <laughs> let me do what i want yeah so <laughs> okay so the thing i like about adam gaze is he's really good with his positional players unless your name is Kenyon drake or jay ajayi and i'm afraid that's going to turn into the third name which is Le'Veon bell however he is Le'Veon bell so it's hard to to put a cap on that guy simply because of his nature and and how good he is. I just worry because Adam Gase didn't even want him on the team in the first place. It seems like he has some kind of personal vendetta and he doesn't really care if you're good or not. He's not going to play you if he doesn't want to. To prove a point, I have no evidence to back that up. That's just what my eyeballs have seen over the last two years. But on the flip side of what I'm talking about, not running back related i really like chris herndon as the tight end and he's not even getting drafted anymore because he has that four game suspension but he literally is the wide receiver two of the jets in fact he had the second leading um receptions behind robbie anderson at 50 and he had 39 quincy and was right underneath him at 38 and because this tight end landscape is you know still crappy, Um, you can get him off the waiver, or if you have a deeper bench, you can pick him up super-duper late. You know, obviously just make sure you have another tight end that you can play, but he's really really sneaky, and Adam Gase has come out and said a lot of really good things about Chris Herndon and his chemistry with Sam Darnold. That leads me to believe that when Sam Darnold isn't throwing, like, massive bombs downfield to Robbie Anderson, they're going to have to utilize that middle of the field, and those two players are going to be Chris Herndon and Quincy Nunwell, and I have both of those guys on my Scott bowl team and i'm gonna have to figure out who the heck i'm gonna start but that's my that's my problem not yours
2: yeah well i mean herndon's a very interesting guy i really wish you know there wasn't a suspension there yeah i really i really liked him last year but like when you get down to this realm of tight ends you might be end up streaming anyways you know Mm -hmm. as you get past the top four or five guys you're probably going to be in a situation where it's like it really won't matter at that point um there's guys i think that we all like to to try and break into that tier. Like I'm a big fan of Vance McDonald. I think his upside this year to get into a tier of a consistent weekly tight end is a good idea, but like might as well shoot your shot on on Chris Herndon. If, if after the first four weeks or after the first three weeks, you notice your tight end position is not producing swoop Herndon for his comeback, because he could be a guy that they rely on heavily in this offense, as stepmom Lawrence said.
1: And the I have guy. I have Vance McDonald as well. I have those two
2: yeah. tight ends as my tight. ends. I'm I just loving like. Vance so much. Me this too. Year. Me too. There's mm-hmm.
0: just so much opportunity there. Oh, I I love taking him in all all drafts.
2: Yeah, he's mm-hmm. uh he's definitely a guy I'm looking at uh, in a lot of drafts. He'll be on a lot of my teams this year. Johnny, did you want to add anything here with uh, Robbie Anderson? Or are we good to move let, on to the? Let, uh, yeah,
0: let's. Uh, I mean, um, I I do like Robbie Anderson, but it's the Jets. Like, let's let's just move past him. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> Let's quit torturing the uh, Whisper Nation. We probably have already lost like half of our listeners because we went. Oh, you
1: better not be leaving. I know. Step I learn is you. coming you. I don't know how, you. but yeah. I will. <laughs> She's got a very particular set, set of up.
0: skills. We should be able to pick up some, though, uh, right on this uh, on the NFC East uh, because of the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. So... We got we got some loyal and the Eagles. We got we got some loyal fans in this next. Uh, there's some
2: interesting here. teams here. There's two.
0: And then there's two
2: just dog
0: crap teams.
2: But we'll talk <laughs> about Dallas Cowboys first. They're definitely a team. That's exciting uh, for a couple reasons. Obviously, Zeke and Amari and, and Dak make it an exciting offense, but this offense was top 10 in plays ran last year, and now they've gone to Kellen Moore, who used to be the backup quarterback to Dak Prescott and is now calling plays here, has said how he wants to be innovative and multiple and and really bring this offense to another level, which we've never seen under Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's playbook is literally run Zeke up the middle, rushing touchdown with Dak Prescott. I mean, that, that is literally his playbook. So uh, it's really exciting to see the Cowboys kind of open this up and expand a little bit and get a little bit of the bug here that uh, all these other teams have done as, as, far as hiring youth into the offensive, uh, the coaching staff. So for me, um, I want to see what he can get this offense to. Like Zeke has continuously improved his passing game prowess every year uh, that he's been in the league. So we And he obviously did that with Amari Cooper last year. Like his catches per game went up with Amari Cooper. So if that's possible here where the defense has to be kept honest with Amari Cooper on the field and can't focus everything on Zeke, I really like that. I think the addition of Randall Cobb, I think Michael Gallup taking a step forward. You know, we, we talk about Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper both being in contract years. We know these stats actually work out for guys in contract year where they tend to ball out a little more. I'm really excited about Dallas's offense. It's just going to be about which ancillary pieces because, you know, I don't want to trust Amari Cooper. But here's the bottom line as the number one in, in Dallas has consistently gotten volume. Over the years, and so if he becomes the number one option for Dak, I, I think that it's it's going you're going to be hard pressed to not draft him. Uh, I know Johnny will definitely disagree with me on that point, but
0: uh, I don't. I don't uh, disagree that he will produce. He will 100% produce. the The question more so comes into the consistency, and he's the most inconsistent wide receiver we've ever seen. And like, I'm not exaggerating on that. Like, the dude's an, either a number one wide receiver overall the week or he's wide receiver 63
1: we're talking amari cooper here right yeah yeah okay so amari pooped his big boy pants okay (laughs) so i'm on the same page yeah
0: so that's more so i like do i think amari i like amari cooper i really do like i think he's a really good wide receiver i just think that he tends to disappear more often than not
1: i agree what he said
0: (laughs) so lauren your your biggest um
2: you know, your biggest uh, storyline coming into this is actually Jack Prescott, the guy throwing the ball to Amari Cooper here. Um, and you just really like him as a sneaky late-round pick here?
1: I do. I um, mean, he's going um... – I guess it doesn't matter what kind of half fuller standard you're doing because he's a quarterback, but yeah. he's going towards the end of the 11th round, which is, is pretty late, and I yeah. like that a lot, considering he's never finished past a QB10 since he's been in the league. 2016 was QB6, then he was QB10, and then last year he was QB10 as well. And I think the addition of Amari Cooper last year just goes to show you that the whole offense improved, including Doc Prescott, including Ezekiel Elliott. And since week seven, when Cooper you know, was went to the Cowboys in the first place, he only had one, he meaning Dak Prescott, only had one game under 200 passing yards. When before that, it was kind of all over the map. And then, it, by the way, that was week 15 with, I think, like 160 yards, in case everyone wanted to know. Also, his pass completion went up. And it wasn't just hovering around that 62%, which it was in the first four weeks, I believe, first however many long. I don't do math, so sorry about you. <laughs> but after week, after week seven, they had all these... St- spikes of these past completions because he felt more comfortable throwing throwing the ball. So we had a game that was 70%, 72%, 85%, 77%, 80%. So you saw these big spikes of what he was able to do. And I just think that's gonna get better and better as Amari Cooper has more time in this offense. I still don't trust Amari Cooper to draft him. I'm in the same boat as Johnny. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me thrice, you're dead to me. I've used that before, but I'm going to say it again. I don't you like guys, it. I'm not going to draft I, him, but know, I do like Dak Prescott. You guys, I don't want the headache. I don't make, want the headache to deal with Amari Cooper. Yeah, I don't you want guys it. make the same thing with Leonard for Fournette, Kenyon
2: Drake, and then you like totally are over here talking about Amari Cooper
1: because like, his his environment oh, is completely. I Different cannot Mr. Right Travis. Now. You are
0: trying to compare Kenyon Drake and his production. I just
1: threw up a little bit in my mouth again. I'm doing that enough looking that. at the Bills and Redskins. I just couldn't talk enough, enough about the, do the Dolphins. dolphins. Like,
2: I, I had to bring us back to the Dolphins. You
1: were the one who brought up Drake this time, not Johnny. Yeah. So you can't blame him hey. for that one. Yeah. Hey. That's on you right. bro.
0: Unreal. You see what I go through? I'm just reading the show notes here. All right? yeah, doing enough. Doing yeah. my job here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> under, underneath, <laughs> underneath there, I actually put refer back to Kenyon Drake. <laughs> no, I guess I, I, I didn't. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, oh. I, you know, I think it, it, this offense, and
2: Dak is a, a very, very, one of the favorites for me in a late-round quarterback guy in, in, you know, standard leagues, whatever, non, you know, one-quarterback leagues I really like. Dak, you said it. Never been outside the mm-hmm. top ten. Um, this is a guy who maybe arguably could have his best offense he's ever had, uh, given the weapons around him, given where Zeke's at in his career. Um, his in his prime and then you have a situation where uh you know he's in a contract year and he knows he has to show out he's always been a winner he's always been a guy if kellen moore can really and this is a guy who played with dak so he knows dak prescott if he can bring dak prescott to another level i mean watch out you're looking at a guy you can get in the 11th they can end up a top five qb i think just based on the weapons that are out there and if they run more plays this year because they were in top 10 in plays ran More opportunity that we love opportunity in fantasy football. That just means more points. So,
1: more. Opportunity, <laughs> Kellen Moore. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, Kellen I like Moore. I just... His time in Boise State was so much fun, and it was heartbreaking. I believe this was Kellen Moore that it happened to. Um, I don't remember what the championship was that they were playing for. It was his senior year, and they almost won if they would have kicked that field goal and made it, and they didn't. And my uh... heart like broke for him because he was so much fun to watch in that offense. He is just amazing. Like you said, he brings kind of like that... That Boise State, almost Oregon-ish, like yeah, weird, creative, fun yeah. offense that I think is definitely shades needed. Shades the
2: air raid, shades yeah. of like yeah, some
1: of this, lots this of fun stuff. Window
2: dressing, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, kind of
1: Chip Kelly-ish too, which works really well in college, not so much yeah. in you know the NFL. But it's not Chip Kelly; it's Kellen Moore. To He's be fair
2: before, though, so. Chip Kelly, to on that point, I hear this. He a has lot. very
1: small hands.
2: <laughs> hey, and then our president, huh? No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's but, like that Austin Powers line, small hens, smells like cabbage.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no,
2: but I mean, uh, Chip Kelly actually gets a lot of, you know, bad publicity because, uh, you know, they say that his offense didn't work. His offense took yeah. the league by storm yeah. in the NFL. Like it Chip was great Kelly for dominated the NFL. The problem was is they gave, they ba- he tried to be a GM and he traded away all their good players And they didn't have anything else after that. So I think that this stuff, this league is how this is how this league works. Something new comes in. It shocks the league. They catch up to it. But if if it's a good system and good players, it'll end up being pretty good. Um, Not a good system and not really good players is the Washington Redskins. Hang on. I'm
1: going to go make a cocktail. You guys (laughs) talk about this boring ass game. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'll be back.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't have a. My biggest storyline here to watch for training camp is, will I roster any Washington Redskins player at all? No. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it hard to find anybody that I'll put on my roster. Um, Keenum and Haskins, they got no pass catcher that I, is, is enticing for me because of Keenum and Haskins. Uh, Darius Geis, who is a guy I want to love so much, I want to be behind him, um, has had that knee, uh, slow recovery, infections, uh, in that knee, something's going on with.
1: Something the is going on Washington there in Red Washington, Washington because Alex Smith had the same issue after his the, gigantic like. Oh, and didn't they have
0: that like separated like separated years ago? Wasn't there like the gangrene like was in their locker room, wasn't it?
1: Good Lord!
0: I'm, I'm I don't know, but that. that sounds gnarly, dude. No, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. I'm pretty I'm, pretty, I'm pretty. I'm gonna look it up right now because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Good that, Lord! That happened. That Disinfect that, it. I used, used some Clorox. I mean, it was with
2: the kicker. RG3. Think about RG3 and his heyday, like the way the doctors managed RG3 and threw him back on the field. Like Did someone
1: put a hex on the locker room there or something. Like we need to go get a priest have, and bless the place. When you name
2: your team the Redskins, you know. Oh, I mean? whoa! Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. where you're going with yeah. that. Got, like, like a little curse some,
2: yeah or a big exactly. curse yeah tribal okay. barrel burial, burial ground <laughs> oh
1: god no yeah, i feel bad so. i mean i don't know i'm just going to take over while you're searching gangrene yeah. up there Tra- yeah. johnny but yeah. uh, <laughs> i think it, there is a couple names here that are worth sort of looking at i don't i don't even know if i want to say that but jordan reed is still another one that's on there. can he stay healthy i don't really know um again darius guys he's going in like the end of the sixth round in half ppr I'd rather have Rashad Penny, who's right there. That's yeah. way more exciting to me than Darius, guys, because there's like, I don't know, it's just, there, there's nothing there for me to get excited about, except mm. if I make a bet about how many times each quarterback is going to be in at least one game, that would be fun to do. Yeah. But that's about it. That's all I got. Uh, I, listen, I have, I, my, when, one of my good guys- friends loves the Redskins, and he'll probably be mad at me for this, but sorry. Ed.
2: I mean, like he's gotta be a realist here at this point. I don't I mean
1: he is. What's the situation
2: where you're like (laughs) he's looking for
1: others to make him feel better? We can't do
2: (laughs) I mean I think Dwayne Haskins getting him in the draft the way he fell to them, I think that was fantastic for them. I think they're a couple years away though. Like yes, agreed, agreed.
1: It's just not gonna be this year. Yeah. And like Reed,
2: I would love to go in and 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 swoop up Reed. He's been a guy that's physically gifted. Uh we know that we he's had upside to be a top tier tight end before. I just don't know if I can trust Keenum or Haskins or the combo of those two to get me
0: enough uh, volume. What but about
1: like, Colt McCoy, no, man? But
0: here's the thing. Don't so forget
1: about with, Colt yeah, McCoy.
0: With, That's true. with Jordan Reed, I actually am interested in Jordan Reed. If there's any guy who I'm going to roster for the Washington Redskins, it's going to be Jordan Reed. His ADP right That's now the only is 1410, right? So yes. Virtually free. And from 2016 to 2018, Jordan Reed has averaged 6.7 targets per game. I know he's made of glass. I know that's a concern, but he's free now. Before you were actually didn't he play to...
1: all 16 games last week yeah, last year? Not only did he uh,
0: play, but he was like instructing yoga on the sidelines. Yeah, right. Last no, year. he did. I it, have a near respect was, for this man. He did get injured for a game or two. It wasn't. Um, he wasn't out there fully, but. You talked about how Case Keenum wasn't like, you know, sparking your interest there. It doesn't uh, float your boat. But what we if you look back back in 2017, when Case Keenum was uh, the confidence starter in Minnesota, we, we saw that what he did for Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph was the tight end seven. He had 76 targets, 532 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. Who else is in r- the Redskins offense that is a touchdown threat? May- Josh Doxson? Maybe the dude can't catch. Um, so who else that, besides Jordan Reed? He's a big-bodied white uh, There's no guy? one. Yeah. There, there's no one. So I actually the, do the argument like. argument for Reed
2: is. Yeah, no, I think the argument for Reed you're making is great. Like he's in the he's got the ADP. But I don't like the fact that you want to point to Case Keenum's career year as the reason why you should draft uh, Jordan Keys, Reed. Case Keenum
1: or... is like a perennial backup.
2: Like, I'm not going to, I can't trust Case Keenum. But for 14, like 14th round ADP, you might as well get Jordan Reed because the upside there is untapped for a guy of his talent. And if if somebody does lock on to him, like we could see uh, a a career year for Jordan Reed. So And you're also looking
1: at Dwayne Haskins. If he becomes the starter, generally, you know, know, rookie quarterbacks love their big body tight ends. It's like a little safety blanket. And so that's why he's the only one that I would look at. For that late, yes, I would think I would go for it. But I do have other tight ends that I have in mind I would Look. like to take over them. But if I miss out on those guys, why not? You know, right, why yeah. not give and, it a shot? He's listen. the only person on this team that can be fantasy productive.
0: And, and you see you see what is in Big Travi's back, background, all right? We understand the true—the reason why he hates Case came so much is because he was the Rams' starting quarterback, <laughs> and Travis still hates him to this day. So that's the, Please that's the recency bias. Garbage. Don't
1: bring up hatred and the Rams around oh, me. There we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. We should move on to, to yeah, Philadelphia. You know, I want to
2: move on to one of my, one of the most exciting teams for me in general for the NFL this year. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles word. They are stacked from top to bottom. They are a, just a smorgasbord for fantasy football purposes. And I'll tell you right now what it all means to me. I mean, we talk about these weapons, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. uh, We have Miles Sanders. We've got Alshon Jeffrey, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Deshaun Jackson comes back to Philadelphia. What does this all mean for me? That Carson Wentz is going in the seventh round as one of the guys you could target to be a top three, top one QB this year. Because if the guy's healthy, all those weapons mean he's got to be able to be a guy that's going to produce, you know... Close to those numbers that he was putting up in that that MVP run, and so Wentz is one of my favorite quarterbacks to draft right now, especially in that seventh round. Um, he's he's just got great value as a guy that could really be a, a league winner for you, um, and that's that's for me like if you're going to take a guy later, if you're not going to take him a homes, which we, we advise against taking quarterback early, right? If so you're, if you're not going to take any of these guys early, you wait till seventh, eighth, ninth round. You've got to be, in my opinion, you take it, you swing for the fences on those QBs. Cause you can always stream the position. So if you can stream the position, swing for the fences, get a guy that can touch the top tier. And for me, that's Carson Wentz here. And I know you guys have a, a, a couple uh, points as far as storylines go. So Johnny, let us know what your number one storyline is here coming out of Philadelphia.
0: Uh, to me, it, it has to do, you know, affecting the tight end position. I'm always trying to scout out the tight end position because that's where you can get true value. That's where you can separate your, your team uh, versus everybody else's, right? Because everyone, if you want to be in that top tier at the tight end position, uh, you're either having to really pay up for that. And I don't like to do that, so I try to scout these positions out early and get the next big guy. Uh, I have a pretty good record with that um, of, of picking those kind of guys out. So with me, uh, Dallas Goddard is someone I want to I want to watch. Right. One, because I want to see what effect he has on Zach Ertz. Uh, is he getting, you know, more, is he biting more into that, that market share of Zach Ertz? Uh, should I cool be cooling on Zach Ertz? Travis, I had a very uh, l- awesome conversation on the show on a couple episodes ago about Zach Ertz, and since that uh, show, I've actually started to be like, oh, I think <laughs> that Travis might be on to something here. Uh, but Listen, do I think Goddard this is my honest opinion before training camp, do I think Goddard takes a big enough step this year in order to really uh you know, affect Zach Ertz? I don't I don't believe so. Um but I do think that uh Goddard is someone that is going to become a, a really nice tight end in the next couple of years. And so, but I, I want to see is the hype coming out about Dallas Goddard? Is that for real or is it just talk? Uh, how much are they using him? Are they going to two tight end sets often? Uh, who stays in to block? Who is you know? Uh, we know Zach Ertz uh, is going to be doing more route running. Uh, he can block as well. But I want to. I, I just want to see what the usage of Goddard is, and and if I should truly be scared for Zach Ertz this year, or is Ertz going to hold him off for one more year and then we might see the big jump next year?
2: Yeah, for me, before I pass this over to uh, stepmom Lauren here, I just want to touch on Dallas Goddard because – we might see a situation where both these guys ends up, end up as tight end ones, um, and I think if that happens, that means that Ertz will not be draftable, in my opinion, because Ertz will ba- basically fall out of that top tier and get into some of the middle ground of the tight end position. He's going to be fine. I just think that he he's too expensive right now with the presence of not only Dallas Goddard, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in the red zone, Alshon Jeffrey, who's a touchdown threat, and if they get the running back position dialed down well i mean jordan howard and miles sanders are taking red zone opportunities away as as well but i think i'm really excited about stepmom lauren's number one storyline coming in here because it really like i can't wait to dive into this a little bit so stepmom lauren you're really pumped on deshaun jackson and his homecoming
1: oh i am so excited so 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 excited And Deshaun Jackson basically fell off of everyone's fantasy radar when he went to Redskins and he was in Tampa Bay and he had all of this competition, not to mention he's getting a little bit older, but with him, it's like a fine wine, you know, (laughs) he's only gotten better. So I actually have him in one of my articles. It's three wide receivers to remember going into 2019. And I just absolutely love that. He's back home with the Eagles, especially with Carson Wentz. I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So are all of my friends that, leave, you know, around here with me. They're all huge Eagles fans and they cannot stop talking about it. So it's like super infectious. But I mean, obviously, you know, we know that he is a that deep field downfield threat. He's incredibly fast, but he's also still so talented. So over the 11 years that he's been in the NFL with three different teams, he has 67.1 yards per game. He has a 55% catch rate. And Matt Harmon's reception perception has him at a 77.1 success rate on curls, meaning creating separation on curls, as well as 78 on comeback. So he can do a whole bunch of stuff on this field. But his addition, yes, I would draft him. Um, I believe as this article came out, he was in the middle to the end in half PPR of the 11th round. Awesome value for him. You can stream him against certain positions. He may end up being maybe a bust, depending on who. The Eagles are playing. Also, just be aware of what the defense looks like. But what this does to Philadelphia as a whole for the off, it creates more options for Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. It creates more options for Alshon Jeffrey. Um, it just everything gets better. Like it's yeah. just so exciting to see, and I cannot wait to see how this uh, this was said defense defense. Hope they do well too. But I can't wait to see what kind of like fantasy mayhem is going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles this year. And I think really the catalyst for that is going to be Deshaun. Jeff-
2: Yeah, I think you hit it uh, on so many levels there. But I think the big thing is we can look back historically at Deshaun Jackson with quarterbacks, Donovan McNabb. Yes, yes, uh, good point. Robert, or uh, not Robert Griffin, but uh, Kirk Cousins. We can look at him with Fitzpatrick and with, uh, you know, we we have seen him improve his quarterback play because, yes, yes, he's a deep ball threat, but he's not just like your ordinary deep ball threat. We could be talking about maybe the best deep ball threat ever at the wide receiver position. Um, and so like Deshaun Jackson is prolific and what he does for his quarterbacks is prolific. And this offense is one of my best to bet on as a bounce back top tier offense, uh, for 2019. But one of my favorite to bet on in the other direction is the New York giants. Uh, I am not excited about this offense at all. And honestly, It's made me affect my rankings on Saquon, who I love so much. But like Saquon, yes, he's still in that top tier. Yes, you're still going to draft him. But for me, Saquon slides down to the bottom of that top tier. There's just too much bust capability with that offense for me to kind of love Saquon above some of the other guys. But my biggest storyline here is can we trust any of these pass catchers on the offense? They've added a couple of these, you know, similar style guys as far as Golden Tate comes in there. You know, they've got Sterling Shepard there. Obviously, Evan Ingram should be fully healthy this year. Are they all going to pull from each other or is is Eli going to be able to lock in on one guy more than the other? And so that's kind of my biggest thing I want to watch in training camp because Tate is a guy who who, you know, parentally has come in and shouldn't be the guy. But ends up being the guy. Like, look at the Lions. Like, we didn't, you know, necessarily think that he was going to be the guy, and then he continuously was year after year getting a lot of that market share for Detroit. So I just wonder if Tate's going to be a guy where we all love the idea of getting Shepard late and like investing in Shepard as the number one guy here, but then Tate's there to soak up the passes that Eli can actually make, which are the short <laughs> dinks and dunks across the middle of the field. <laughs> So
1: I don't mean to laugh, sorry, Eli. No, I, I mean... did mean to laugh. It's. Funny. <laughs>
2: So uh, for me, that's mine. Uh, Stepmom Lauren, what's what's your biggest takeaway or biggest thing that you're going to be looking at here? I, uh,
1: I don't I just want to know who the quarterback is. Like, I yeah. really want to know if Gettleman is going to have the cojones to be like, we took Daniel Jones. We're going to have to play him like I no, this is going to be gonna a comedy in, show. According
0: it, to him, he's playing him in four years.
1: You're waiting four uh, oh, years sure.
0: before they're gonna play. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I
1: know that's so dumb. It, it literally, I that just literally feel...
0: makes zero sense. Like, dude, do you Oops. realize who your quarterback was last year? And like, what? It. it, it the what whole thing saying, is I...
1: is an absolute hot mess. Like, yeah. I, I don't even know what to do here. Like, it would be nearly impossible for me to. Um, pass up Saquon Barkley if I had like a one through three pick in my draft I would because I would take Zeke or I would take David Johnson well before I take Saquon Barkley am I saying it's a bad choice no not at all I just am afraid of this offense so that's a personal choice for me I there are better people that I want to take at that spot I think that have a little bit more consistency. But again, kind of like a Le'Veon Bell situation. He is Saquon Barkley. He's, he's Saquad's. He's like, he's amazing. <laughs> I totally get it. So I wouldn't fault anyone for that. But I just really want to see, not fantasy football related at all. I want to see what happens with Daniel Jones. And I want to be a little fly on the wall, someone listening to New York sports radio after they finally either don't put in Daniel Jones and Eli throws like four interceptions and can't like throw past 15 yards. Or if they do put in Daniel Jones, Jones and let's see what happens everyone's just going to be so mad and kerfuffled and I want to hear it and I can't wait oh my god that's the only thing I'm looking forward to in this offense I want to stay away from Sterling Shepard I mean if it was the right time I might look at Golden Tate I still don't even want to I don't even like Evan Ingram that much because of that reason there's just going to be too much double coverage on these big guys and I just don't think they're you're going to have the passing proficiency to be able to make big plays. Like, that worries me. I'm staying as cheating? far away from it and I'm going to grab my yeah. popcorn and I'm going to watch as people who draft Giants players and try to start them. And I'm going to laugh at their misery and feel <laughs> sort of bad about it.
0: Well, <laughs> well I, have a, I, I mean, I'm not going to be rushing out to get Giants players. I can certainly tell you that, but. Uh, <laughs> but Don't let the time, door
1: hit John right, the butt.
0: <laughs> but at the same time. I think we're being a little too harsh on the Giants offense, right? Like last year, as bad as we thought it was, or as bad as we've envisioned it, it was still the 17th best offense on a yards per game average. Uh, You know, right there, right behind Philadelphia Eagles, which we love and we think that they're going to make a monster move this year. Uh, They, you know, they were 16th. You had Houston at 15th. Uh, So, Denver was right below them. Seattle was below them. So we talk about all these, you know, you know how terrible their offense was, but it, realistically, it wasn't awful. And
1: I think yes, it's how bad it's going to be, not yeah. that necessarily yeah. that it was. That right. that's my that's my thing.
0: Right, but if they they are going to be in their second year uh, of a new offense, so there is going to now if if Daniel Jones starts, this whole conversation is completely different to me. I actually do think that Eli Manning might be serviceable for one more year. Uh, he might play with a chip on his shoulder. Who knows? I don't really know. And the know two Eli followers we did have he... listening are now gone. Well, I'm just <laughs> – well, if you look, I think that there are definitely pieces here. And my taking – I do have Saquon fading a little bit. Um, I, I think, though, that Sterling Shepard is a lot better wide receiver than he is, given credit for. Uh,
1: I think he's great. And
0: Yeah. And so, and I do, you know. Eli Manning was able to get the ball to Odell Beckham. Um, you know, Shermer has a a way of of running his offense, and I I think that he can do that. Um, I think the draft stock value for Sterling Shepard right now is in the tenth round. And why not? Why you are getting a a wide receiver yeah. one uh, for a middle of the road? I don't think they're going to be a great offense. Their offensive line has actually gotten better. They picked up guys. Uh, for that offensive line. So for me, you know, I don't mind taking the stab at Sterling Shepard. I think that he could surprise a lot of people and be a wide receiver too this year. Does he have the upside? I think that that's where you draw the line. That's where you really start to talk about this offense. Is do they have the upside to be you know produce uh wide receiver ones? Uh, Do they have the ability to uh make? Or er, uh, Ingram, uh, a, a second overall tight end. Maybe not that high of a ceiling, but I think that they could be... You, you could, Yeah, you're going to have
2: serviceable guys. You're going to have serviceable guys. I don't want serviceable, serviceable. I just... Yeah, I just... For
0: me, I think that... Unless you're like cap-
1: a concubine or something, but I know. <laughs> you,
2: like here's,
0: her- here's a list of ADP right now going around... Uh, this is half-point PBR, okay? So... We're going. Let me find.
1: I've got Golden Tate up here. Um, at the ten o three.
2: Last I thought they were going near each other, right? Tate and Shepard were going Thank kind you. of
0: okay. Yeah, the Stirling fantasy football Shepherd.
1: calculator, right?
0: Sterling Shep. Yeah. Would you rather have Sterling Shepard or Marvin Jones? Marvin Jones. i
2: will take Marvin Jones. Take
0: Marvin yeah, Jones I yeah. would take Sterling Shepard over Marvin Jones. Uh, well, you're
1: weird. That's a you're talking
0: about a a number two guy who's coming off of an injury on a offense that's going to run the ball more. I would take Sterling Shepard. Yeah, and yeah, because the offense is going to tailor more
2: to to uh, to Jones's style, anyways, than it is going to tailor to Galladay. He's going to be the big play
0: play action guy. Like you're going. Galladay is that guy. No, dude. Look at when Uh they're on the field together. Where's my popcorn? Yeah. No, I. (laughs) I like Stafford better as a quarterback
1: than Eli. That's what I'm looking. So. That's... I mean, I I okay. think Stafford has the chance to make him more relevant, and I think he has a higher upside. That's where I that's where I make that distinction.
0: Sterling Shepard or Geronimo Allison? Definitely Geronimo Allison.
1: I think about uh, it, but I, I would, would I would stick with Geronimo.
0: Uh, okay, I disagree with that as well. Uh, Sterling Shepard or Larry Fitzgerald? Larry Fitzgerald. Larry
1: Fitzgerald. <laughs> Not even this, is, sorry. this isn't this no. Aren't aren't hard. I mean, you either guys can like have their I think
0: I think you guys are. Oh, we will. way off. <laughs> you guys are way off because. I don't. I think that you guys are somehow thinking that the Giants are going to be the worst offense in football, and I don't think that that's going to be the case. Uh, Shermer has never had one of the worst offenses in football. He's always had a middle He's also tier. Also, never had to... a decrepit uh, Eli Manning before. So,
1: well, another thing for me is not necessarily that they're going to have a terrible offense. I don't want to deal with the headache. I don't want to have to deal with the headache of being like, okay, well. Is Sterling Shepard going to get the targets? Is it just going to be a Saquon thing? Do I put in Evan I mean, Ingram when I have another tight guys end to that start? Do
2: the same it, thing. It's they a headache I don't want to deal are, with. That are the safety net for their offense: Golden Tate, Saquon Barkley, Evan
0: Ingram. They're all the same guys. They live in the middle of the so
2: field. Who's so, the difference awesome. in the outlier
0: there? Sterling Shepard which is why Sterling Shepard will be You don't a value. think that
2: any of those guys are going to take away from him. You think that Eli's going to consistently push the ball down the field to Sterling Shepard. No, no, I throw don't. Deep I, either, I think that
0: so no, I think that, that yeah. I think Sterling Shepard takes the OBJ role and I think that the reason you you So have he gets guys, doubled now. You have three guys that do the same thing. You can't you have to take your shots deep. You have to and it's not like he's going to be running deep every time. You have to try time. to throw it deep. Has has OBJ been a good fantasy relevant wide receiver. Yeah, of course okay. Recently? So we're
2: talking, we're talking <laughs> about OBJ when he plays, they get over on
0: slants and crosses
2: and can take it to the house on any, any given time. Like With, we're talking about two o- different guys. Like
0: without OBJ, about he is without OBJ. He is averaging 8.6 targets, 5.3 receptions, 67.8 yards, 0.2 touchdowns, 22% market share, and that's an average of 10.5 uh, fantasy points for half point people. All right, so you, so
2: where do you think? Let's just make a bet here. Let's I got. I I'll wager pull this up up my rankings right so now. So, where do you? I'm pulling. Where up. do you have him finishing?
1: And Whisper Nation, or, by the way, I'm just sitting here to go yeah. at it. I just, I'm missing my the popcorn. popcorn.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see.
1: I already
0: Whisper make. Nation, well, I need to make an I'm amendment orange. because I actually do have Larry Fitzgerald finishing over. Um, yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me find him. Actually,
2: unreal, yeah. dude. <laughs> like we were just trying to tell you this.
0: Actually, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's it's the deal. Listening.
2: Whisper Nation, why don't you tell us what you think yeah, about? Wide receiver Shepard? twenty
0: is what I have him. Wide receiver twenty. in yeah. Yep. I'll I'll tell you he finishes lower than that.
1: Uh-oh, that's
0: your bet. I, yeah. uh, I will I will give me give me give me a wide receiver twenty-four. Give me wide receiver twenty-four and above. So he'll be a wide receiver or two or better, and I'll take that bet.
2: All right, you got it. Uh-oh.
0: All right.
1: I'm a witness too. Whisper weight. <laughs> so let's right there.
2: Whisp, Whisper Nation, let's we want to hear from you what you think about the, the debate, this hot debate that's really just taking the fantasy industry by storm.
1: <laughs> what else are we going to talk about Sheffield. when it comes to the Giants? <laughs> yeah,
2: of Sterling Shepherd uh, and his ability to be a substantial wide receiver, too, in Johnny's uh, Johnny's mind. And in mind, I just product hope, man, Oklahoma yeah, product, of course. Um, but anyways. Stepmom Lauren, we just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell Whisper Nation where they can find you, what you've been working on, what's going on in your world.
1: Oh, man. Well, you know, Travis, Day. I just I wake up and <laughs> praise the Lord. Not
2: that no. much. Not that much.
1: No. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you guys can all find me at Stepmom Lauren. So I'm Facebook.com slash Stepmom Lauren. I'm at Twitter, on Twitter, at Stepmom Lauren. Instagram, at Stepmom Lauren. I also just launched my website. So StepmomLauren.com is yeah, live nice. you guys can find all of my work there i am a writer for the fantasy footballers i have a new article coming out um at the end of the month it's going to be about adam Thielen and Stephon diggs Ooh, that's maybe we'll get one. some insight on that yeah, i just came out with a piece that. about dd westbrook keelan cole and everyone else who's that on the jazz awesome which i well. felt like alice in wonderland falling down the rabbit hole it was crazy <laughs> but yeah and um i'll just i'll, I'll be around you know I'm, I'm doing this and that you can probably find me on a couple other podcasts too you know say hi come yeah. take me
2: well, we I'm love nice having you usually. on here. Yeah, Thank you for
1: I mean, having me on. I've yes. missed you guys. It's been we'll forever. Keep, yeah, we'll keep
2: it up. I mean, we we were in the lab. We were in a dark place, crunching numbers here <laughs> for a long time. Uh, but we're, we're back now, and we, we love to have you back on the show. Whisper Nation, we love you. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks. I'm Big Travy, and for Stepmom Lauren, we are out of here. Peace. Please like and subscribe to the Bye.
1: show.
0: Till next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers Podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Whisper.